0: Hey, newscast listeners. Just want to give you a little information about the mission of the newscast. Our mission stems from the mission of the Red Smith Banquet. And that mission was to support youth sports in the Fox Valley. Over the 57 years of its existence, we've been honored to give out over a million dollars to various youth sports organizations throughout the Fox Valley. The newscast is looking to continue that mission and support youth sports as well. You can help us do that by donating to the NoosaCast
1: and the Redsmith Sports Banquet. On today's NoosaCast, we talk lacrosse. We talk to Mikey Zadraga and Brendan Conley, both former Marquette lacrosse players. Mikey, of course, we've talked to him before. He's the Lawrence lacrosse coach. They both started Construct Lacrosse, so we're going to learn about summer lacrosse. Tash and I take an old look at new we of course have our throwback and we look at Mark Johnson and it's the anniversary, right? Of the miracle on ice. Pretty cool. Tash and I talk about that a little bit and we end the show like we always do with it's forgotten and I'm never forgetting. So what do you say? Let's get this show on the road. When I grew up,
2: I played baseball and lacrosse and my mom was like, I cannot watch you play baseball anymore. You don't do anything. Uh, One of the signs they built up for promo is if you hate standing in the outfield, come try lacrosse. And the other side of the sign said, if you hate watching your kids stand in the outfield, bring them to lacrosse. I think they went by the field like two or three days later and the signs were ripped up and in the trash can. Welcome to the NoosaCast. What is a NoosaCast? It's where we bring local folk stories to life through conversation.
0: Welcome to another episode of the NoosaCast, uh, quickly becoming everybody's favorite podcast. Heck yeah. Uh, we're Excited this week. Uh, We're going to do a a, a kind of review interview with uh, Mikey Zadraga. Um, We're having him come back to the podcast, Uh, not necessarily to talk about lacrosse at Lawrence, but uh, his summer program, which is Construct Lacrosse, which he founded with his uh, former playing partner, Brendan Conley.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Tash, quickly becoming an all lacrosse podcast, aren't we? We, It's our favorite (laughs) subject, I think, but... No, it, it was a great interview with him. You're right. Uh, there, there's a whole, you know, you, you have the college side of lacrosse, and then you have the youth side for sure. And, and yeah. we're big advocates of the youth for sure. But um, that, that's that's where the kids play in the summer. So it, it was an interesting conversation. There's been a little bit of change in, in summer lacrosse up in this area, and we, we get to the bottom of it.
0: Yeah, it'll be. you guys are going to learn a lot, and uh, you're going to hear a lot about what that summer program is like and learn a little bit more about Brendan Conley as well. I know we spent some time with Mikey, uh, a few, you know, several episodes back, but it was good to catch up both him them again. And uh, yeah, you're going to enjoy it. I know it's a lot of lacrosse, but with WIA starting March 11th, um, I think it's going to be excellent for people to see around here and check out those games when they're being played at the high schools around this area.
1: Really, folks, Tosh had a tough week. Uh, Ethan had a tough week with hockey, and he just wanted to move on to lacrosse and talk nothing else but lacrosse, so that's really the reason we're doing this episode. (laughs) Right,
0: right. Season's done, so uh, unfortunately for the Fox City Stars, their uh, season is over, but um, a pretty successful season. Uh, There was a lot of improvement. Uh, Coaches did a great job, and uh, the players uh, responded well to the coaching, and And played well this year so um definitely an improvement over the last few years and um definitely seen that improvement steady improvement that you want to see in a program so uh, a lot of good things good shout outs to all the coaches uh coach stabber uh coach uh watson and uh coach grapton and uh coach toshner as well my son helped out for a little bit at the end of the season the last month and a half and uh they all did a really good job and you know the players a great group of kids uh, I should say young men and, um, you know, they'll improve. They'll have some summer skates, get back at it in the fall and, uh, be ready to go for next season.
1: Literally in the meantime, right. They, they, they exchange helmets for the lacrosse helmet and giddy up. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, it's time to play. College is in, in full is. swing and high school starts yeah. in a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be an exciting time. Uh, a lot of the spring sports, you know, that's, that's all, uh, all good stuff. So excited to, uh, to, uh, wrap up the winter season here. That's right. And, uh, move on to the next season. A lot of good stuff
1: coming up. You know, speaking of wrapping up the winter season, Tosh, it was, uh, I mean, it, it's been an incredible winter from, from a warmth standpoint, and that doesn't bode well for ice as we've heard about your ice rink for sure, <laughs> but kind of felt bad in you know, the state fishing tournament. We, we, we had, uh, yeah. Ryan Marks on about a few months ago talking about the outdoor club. And this mm-hmm. was supposed to be the, the state fishing tournament weekend for, for the kids. And, well, we all know how I, I the ice isn't there. So it's it's uh, yeah it wasn't quite what what they were hoping for, but
0: yeah, and I don't know how many teams ended up going. You know, it's better to be safe than sorry. Uh, you don't want any tragedies or any uh, injuries and things like that. Even the battle on Bago this weekend was canceled. Um, so you know it's it's a weird year. Um we have these years. They they come and go, uh, and maybe next year it'll be really cold. And we won't be talking about this and everybody will be out ice fishing yet and, and doing all the things they have to, but yeah, it's unfortunate. I haven't heard, um, how many teams ended up being in the state tournament, but, uh, good luck to those teams. And I'm sure we'll hear some stuff about them in, in the future. But, um, another ice that we need to talk about isn't necessarily the, uh, ice for fishing or ice for skating, but the ice for curling. Yes. And, um, you know, we, uh, we spent some time talking curling a while back with Jackson Armstrong, and he's in Finland right now with his team. And uh, last time I checked, they were two and one. Uh, they're in second place. And I I haven't uh, checked again. I know there's a little time delay between Finland and here in, uh, in Wisconsin. But, um, yeah, doing pretty well so far so we'll have to keep an eye on that and uh see how things go
1: that was a great episode that was maybe our second episode i think ever of the music yeah. cast and i remember jackson and his dad talking about taking this this trip and and it's here and right. it's uh that's exciting those yeah. guys and, and you know the the Red Smith banquet we ha- we had um in in 2022 and Bill Walton was here. We we had the U.S. Olympic men's curling team here as right. well. They're on our YouTube page. Check that out. Yeah. I just saw John Schuster. He posted something. They're they're right in the middle of their you know championships, and, and obviously the the goal yeah. is to get to the Olympics here coming up. So it's uh it's an exciting yeah. time in the world of curling, no doubt.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's the, uh, Armstrong's second trip to Finland in the last three months. Yeah. Yeah. So. I remember
1: him saying that. Remember, I think yeah. we even asked him that, that blew us away. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah. So good luck to them. And hopefully we have some good news, uh, on our next week's episode and hopefully we can, uh, maybe get the Armstrong's back on to talk about their experience in Finland Yeah, and the two, the two tournaments, the, uh, B and now the, uh, national the, uh, worlds. Um, and hopefully we can get them on and talk a little bit about what happened and, how things went and what it was like flying to Finland and being in Finland and all that kind of good stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Excited to hear, hear from those guys. Definitely.
0: And I know we, we're still talking about ice. (laughs) So, uh, there's not a lot of ice and like ice rinks and things like that. But next weekend in downtown Appleton is the ice festival. Yes. So what did I read? 23 different ice sculptures will be on the Ave right on different locations. Um, that's a great time to get out, and, you know, if the weather is like it is, it's going to be beautiful out to walk around the Ave, check out some shops, maybe get some coffee at places like, uh, you know, coffee, hey, whatever Rock, coffee shop yeah. you like, hey. Copper Rock, Rude Awakenings, wherever you want to go, and um, check out the ice sculptures.
1: I kind of wish it was colder. I know it's supposed to get in the 40s, but I, hopefully next next weekend it's 25, how about, right? And those ice sculptures, yeah. that is just incredible the talent people have—I don't even know how they do that. It's—it's it's absolutely yeah, it's incredible. You, you, you can't believe it, and it is a lot of fun. Remember, we had Jennifer um, Stefani on last week or the week before, talking downtown and its walkability. You're right, Tash. Yeah, grab a grab a coffee from from one of the shops and just walk the Ave. It's 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 a good time, definitely.
0: Yeah, and they they put a lot of work into those. um Yeah, just imagine you know, basically carving out 23 different sculptures and the teams that do that. Uh, and it's, it's excellent. They, I think the, uh, the theme is, is summer on ice. Okay. It's something like that. Yeah. I can't remember quite. I I just, now it's escaping my mind. That's all right. But uh, yeah, they have a theme for it and uh, it's, yeah, it's great. I mean, support the local businesses. That's, that's a huge thing. Get out some foot traffic and, Get out there and enjoy everything that college avenue has to offer
1: oh absolutely it's a great time to be an appletonian a lot of things to follow a lot of things to do what do you think tosh you and i play a little old look at new sounds good all right it's that time again once again for an old look at new brought to you by raleigh winter and associates celebrating 55 years did you know that in 1962, an Appleton Junior High School teacher with a strong work ethic started a residential realty company. His name, Raleigh Winter. Three generations later, the Winters still hold true to a strong work ethic and an excellent reputation in the community. Today, Raleigh Winter & Associates remain actively involved in providing retail, retail, office and industrial users an affordable, well-designed working environment through the creation and or acquisition of quality real estate in the Fox Cities and even beyond New. So what do you say? Let's take an old look at New.
0: Hey, Newscast listeners, uh, it is time to take that old look at New, where we take a little look at history in Northeast Wisconsin. Joe. Joel? What are you looking at for your old looking new this week?
1: Well, Tash, this one kind of came out of the blue, um, but it triggered a memory. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take the fine newscast folks back to my grade school days. These these don't exist anymore at elementary schools. It doesn't matter if public or private schools, but the good old fashioned marble pit. Do you remember that? Somebody posted in I think the Appleton Historical Society uh, Facebook page. They just picture picture of a marble and. It just started triggering Frank. I went. I went to Franklin Elementary School. Huge marble pit. Um, You know, you play with steelies, little liddies, littles, biggies, super balls. You know, we we were learning how to gamble in first grade, and and it was it was the world's greatest thing. And they don't do that anymore. It's non-existent in the school. Most you ask a kid what marbles are, they probably don't even know. But there was a time and a place when you went to elementary school, you played marbles every single day. Well, at least when it wasn't snowing. So an old look <laughs> at new is marbles, Tash. I know it's a little bit weird. It probably could have even been a, I'm never forgetting. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, I wanted the fine folks to remember that back in the day we played marbles and we learned how to gamble.
0: All right, there you go. Yes. And that started all the problems that exist That's today. Right.
1: It's kids show, Tash, right? Kids show.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: How about you, Tash? What are you looking at?
0: Well, it's a fitting old look at new. Um, we It does have Wisconsin ties, but you know, like we said, it doesn't always have to be totally Northeast Wisconsin. Um, we're going to look back at uh, Wisconsin girls hockey coach, Mark Johnson, yeah. and the uh, amazing Herb Brooks. And uh, February 22nd, when this comes out back in 1980, the miracle on ice happened where the USA hockey team beat the Soviet Union uh, 4-3 at Lake Placid yes. in the 1980 Olympics. Um a tremendous, probably one of the greatest upsets that uh, that happened in sports, many people say, because, you know, the Russians at the time were all pros.
1: Do you believe in miracles, Josh?
0: Yeah, do you believe in miracles? Al Michael, all right? Right, right. Um, Herb Brooks took that team of college guys and turned them into a, a gold medal team, which is absolutely incredible. I remember watching that back in 1980 yeah. on the three cha- What? The three channels that we got on two, TV at that time, two,
1: five and 11, baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep, It was fabulous. It was a good time. I mean, a tremendous Olympics. You know, when you look at Eric Heiden mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, there's a lot of Wisconsin ties to uh, those Olympics in 1980. Oh,
1: 100 percent. Yeah, Tosh, that made me think. Remember, somebody had have to get off their chair to turn the dial change the channel yeah no remote. exactly so no remotes yeah, that,
0: rock paper scissors uh, yeah
1: no kidding <laughs> but yeah that 1980 olympics was so so good right eric heiden but yeah, yeah the miracle on ice the call i mean it had to be al michael's greatest call ever and, and that's saying something for his Absolutely. career but yeah i remember watching that and you know in my family home with my dad and and uh my brother right. and that that was that was big time and that was exciting so so good that, that's a good one tash because yeah i mean It's a national event, but heck, everybody, Northeastern Wisconsin, everybody was watching that. Everybody was.
0: And it's turned into a great movie, too. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Miracle. Yeah, excellent movie. We watched it at least twice during the hockey season. I don't blame you. (laughs) Well, that was an old look at new. Yeah,
1: that was. I like it. That's a good one, Joe. It was. It was. Well, thank you, folks, and thank you, Raleigh Winter.
0: All right, NoosaCast listeners, uh, we're excited to uh, have our first guest repeat. Uh, we have Coach Lindraga from Lawrence, and uh, we have his co-founder uh, of Construct Lacrosse, Brendan Conley, as well. And we're just uh, we're going to catch up a little and learn a little about Brendan, and uh, then kind of talk about the Construct program here in town. So welcome to uh, the NoosaCast again and for the first time. Thank you
3: for having me. I'm excited to be on. Yeah, thank you again. It's good to be back.
0: Yeah, we're you know, that was it was a great interview the first time, so I know it's going to be fantastic again.
1: Yeah, I got to ask, are you adjusted? Are you adjusted to the yeah. Fox Cities now? You you were just moved into Menasha last time we
3: spoke. Uh yeah, def- I mean definitely. I have like my favorite spots. Um, you know, I have my consistent system places that I go and then there's only like probably two or three spots that I haven't tried like I know I need to get the Sal's pizza. We just met I just met someone from Lebanon. Uh <laughs> like lebanon pa and they were like south piece is the closest thing to home so
0: well brendan um you know welcome to the newscast i would love to get a little uh background on you and just a little bit about your your story and how you got to where you are here yeah um well first off thanks for having me on um
2: so it's kind of been uh, a long road to get to wisconsin um i grew up in baltimore maryland actually just north of baltimore in towson maryland uh right down the road from like Towson University, Loyola, Maryland, and Johns Hopkins. So kind of where I'm from and where I grew up, lacrosse was kind of the sport, which is very different from here. Like I grew up and the first sport I ever remember playing and the sport I played my whole life was lacrosse. We're given plastic lacrosse, sticks with plastic mesh. And they just threw a T-shirt on, a Kelly Post T-shirt on you and ran around the field for five years um and the way we grew up was all of our buddies dads were guys that played in college that played at like Loyola in North Carolina so we were pretty fortunate to have guys that have been a part of the history of growing lacrosse um like i had steve mitchell as one of my coaches growing up and he ended up being actually considered one of the first true lsms um at north carolina and so i've learned from some really really awesome guys um played at st paul's had an awesome experience there with rick picado played probably some some of the highest level high school across and really 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 enjoyed it Um, couldn't get away from it and ended up coming out to marquette um joe amplo gave me a chance i kind of I guess progressed a little bit later into my career. Um, And he said, Hey, I got a spot. We're starting a program. If you can get out here and you can hold a lacrosse stick, you can be on the team. So I took that, I took that opportunity. (laughs) I had no idea where Milwaukee was, um, but I came out for a visit. It was probably negative two degrees and he's like so what do you think and i said i want to come here and he's like why don't you take the weekend and think about it and i told him no i'll, I'll call you on monday morning and i'll tell you i'm coming so um and now i haven't left i've been here pretty much every summer i i absolutely love milwaukee i love wisconsin the people are uh Beyond nice I guess would be the best way to put it compared to back home. So it's definitely become home over the past I guess nine
1: years now. Yeah. And the temperature changes right it's 30 degrees in February. Yeah, <laughs> the winters are a little tough. Yeah, but it's agreed. Uh... Early on when, when you were youths and the dads were coaching was that was that like through a rec department was that through schools like how did uh, how was it structured uh, the youth program.
2: So we had a youth program called Kelly post um, growing up it was a rec program that just put on i want to probably consider closest to like the sixes league that they're doing in the olympics now um there was a bunch of teams within that program and you would all just play each other so like every like a team would be the green team and the pink team and the yellow and the purple and you would just show up at the local middle school and you would play all weekend or you would play a game on the weekend and then you would go home Um, but then as we grew up and we got older those teams kind of splinter off into their own rec programs they're not necessarily aligned with schools um they're more just i guess teams that were made up by the towns that you lived in like i grew up playing for mlc or maryland lacrosse club Um, and you played different than here you played that all the way through eighth grade um, and you'd have like an eighth grade championship where you'd play like a a state-ish championship in the baltimore county area so it's a little bit different than it is here where it's a little bit more um schools are a lot more integrated to it and use a lot of high school resources which is really nice um, but
1: well it's it's kind of why you i mean you guys you know set up construct i mean it, it answers there's not a lot of opportunities and i mean it, it basically is going to be replacing scani i mean for anybody that's that's familiar up to this point i mean that's been quote the summer league and and uh you know that that's its own thing in, in, in itself but uh i guess uh I'm so interested in, in your careers, but it, you know, begs the question with construct. This is giving the kids that that opportunity to play lacrosse and at least in, in our area, that the school district doesn't offer it other than high school.
2: Yeah. And I know Mikey can kind of speak to that. I mean, I've been coaching, I've been running the West Bend youth program for the past going on three years now. Yeah. Um and like I said, growing up, I was fortunate to have people that had played lacrosse at a high level as their coaches. And out here, it's more focused on growing the sport. Um, trying to teach the people that maybe didn't grow up playing or kids bringing kids back that have graduated college because i think we're really starting to see a huge influx of that where kids have gone off played division two division one division three lacrosse all over the country and then they make the decision like hey i want to go back and now when they come back they're able to bring back all that wealth of knowledge and it kind of is snowballing the talent level and the skill and the knowledge that is in the state um to really grow and accelerate the sport
1: yeah that's really huge you're absolutely right i think it's taken like a generation or whatever a decade of those kids to because it really did start with just about nothing and and you're right that that's really cool to hear that that's that's very interesting and I, i can see that do you guys ever see lacrosse like Morphing into like the the sixes, like they're playing in the Olympics or the version of the PLL or something like that. Do you think that would ever come down to the college game, the high school game, or is just the traditional field game too good?
3: I think I think there's going to be a mixture um, because, like for example, like I think the college game is probably like the best version of lacrosse right now, other than the two point arc. I think the two point. I, I personally think I think the two point arc is like the best thing ever uh, at the PLL, yeah. but I don't like the shot clock at the pll i don't like the face-off rule i think the field's too small um the field should be that small maybe for like high school kids but like i don't know if it should be that small for pro uh but i think what they're doing is actually i forget what state just did it uh, but there's a state in the midwest i'm pretty sure it might be michigan or something that just made the shot clock like for all high school lacrosse um so back home on the east coast like brendan's league That he played in and then the interact which is like have referred him out from prep they play college rules in high school so they already do like the shot clock and everything but the public schools don't yeah and i think that is going to come because in canada i mean they play shot clock when kids are like fifth grade and above for box so i think that's going to become a thing but I don't know if you'll ever see they yeah. have to have the shot clock. Yeah. They, they
1: got there there is nothing yeah. worse than a high school game without a it's shot like clock. It's like basketball
3: God. too. You know, how many games have you seen on Twitter yeah. that kid holds the ball for 5 minutes and it's a 22 to 20 game right. and he just holds it, you know, like yeah. Yeah. So you'd like to see
1: the 2 point arc in in college? That that'd be cool. I would.
3: I'd love to see it in college. I mean, in high school honestly too the only thing that you run into is kids just wanting to shoot the two like like Steph Curry every kid now just wants to shoot a three-point shot but it's like I mean you know it it makes I don't know it kind of makes the game that much harder for defensive coordinators because sometimes especially at the college level if it's not d1 for example uh, you can just pack it in and then you know you have no incentive to play people out and then you know you could just get lucky with outside shots not going in or whatever whatever it is uh it just makes i don't know it makes it that makes it more fun i think is when they have to play and 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 honor the shot clock or the two-point arc i would say
1: yeah no that that would be exciting i would love to see that hopefully keep your fingers crossed well
3: the the face off (laughs) get ready for the face off that's probably going to go away are mm-hmm. they really yeah they, they've gone oh, really? at
1: standing neutral now for a couple of years but do you think that take they, it away they want to take they want to so take what the, would it be a quick they restart take
3: the clamp away so they don't want to necessarily take okay. like okay. It's, oh okay. it's going to turn into almost like a hockey face off they just they don't want to clamp anymore yeah
1: okay oh okay. yeah I, you mentioned earlier box that 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 is one i i know there's a league that that, that plays in the winter for about six weeks up in green bay high school and it, it's okay but uh boy, I feel like that's an opportunity that more kids would play. And I know there's not a lot of venues to, to play, but that's a great game, isn't it? Yeah.
3: We, we want to, with construct, we, you know, we want to see if we can figure out a way to get box for like the middle school or age group. So like fifth to eighth grade, but we also want to include the girls as well um, yeah. okay. because there's a really good group of girls that we coach right now, fifth and sixth grade wise, that are like super talented, like unbelievable, like out of, out of, out of this world. They're so good. Um, We want to coach them with box lacrosse, but the way they do it in Philly is they play girls and boys in the same league until they get to ninth grade. So they just play together. Um, And we, I mean, we have a, we've been talking about how we can get in touch with the place in in green Bay or something else and, and make it happen because that opportunity, I don't think exists for the, for the youth kids, but we're also going to teach them how to play it. We're not just going to say, Hey, here's a ball, go, go run around. We're going to like practice with them as they're playing the games um and and we want the girls involved too because there's not enough girls across in this area for the for the youth kids right yeah
1: no you're absolutely right it 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 is growing a little bit but you're right that that's there's that's ready to explode absolutely and you can see it on the summer you you know the the girls side of the bracket sometimes is just as big as Mm -hmm. the boys
3: yeah yeah i mean it's it's huge it's also I don't know if Brennan agrees with this, but I think the girls game is more skilled. You know, if you watch high level, like if you watch high level girls look, like women's lacrosse, I think it's more skilled. The more the more you're involved with it, it's kind of fun. Um, so, yeah. yeah,
4: I'll take yeah, you. I, it.
3: I think it's a little more skilled. I mean, <laughs> Brennan will tell you, too. We have these two girls right now that are in sixth grade that are absolutely they're They're by far like their skill is through the roof in sixth grade you know like they awesome.
1: yeah. and i have no doubt about that it's all about the the stick skills for sure but how about just a little bit of contact maybe
3: you can just you can do way. you can do a little more if you watch if you watch it this year i have become a new fan if you watch it this year you'll see in the box they can hit a little bit more they can't extend but they're going to they're going to okay. be a little bit more mm-hmm. aggressive
2: yeah and i agree with mikey i watched I've watched high school lacrosse growing up, and it wasn't super contacty, or at least back then it wasn't. But now, like I watched probably the North Carolina Northwestern Championship last year, and then the Boston College North Carolina, I think, semifinal in our championship last year. And the girls, in especially at the Division I level, I, I can't say the same for maybe the other, the other levels, but they do hit each other. And they, like Mike said, they cross-check each other and they knock each other around. Girls are flying around and yeah. they have no gear on. So yeah. right.
1: I guess have to I, check mean, I wouldn't,
2: I wouldn't be the one playing and I wouldn't volunteer for that, but yeah. those girls are tough. And, and like Mikey said, their skills are through the roof. Their sticks are significantly harder to handle the ball yeah. with. Um, and even the smallest bit of contact and moving the stick around and shooting with it and creating the power that they do with it is pretty phenomenal because we have it easy. We have a, a deep pocket and the ball barely comes out if you get checked really hard nowadays. So,
1: sure. So the idea then with construct is have the girls and boys side come up together and, and yeah, that that's where they play. I
3: mean, we, we basically, our biggest goal is like, I know it could sound corny, but it's like construct, develop, Excel. Like our biggest goal is, is kind of to to piggyback off of our name. Like we want to teach the game at the highest level possible. Um, So with the girls, like we, we want to provide certain opportunities where they can just continue to, to get better. You know, like, um, like I was talking to, to Chris Green, right. And, and he's been telling me how his yeah. daughter and like her friends are waking up on Sundays and they're like running out of the house to get to our, our practice, which is awesome. Like that's, that's, that's awesome. what we want to create. Um, and we, we just want to provide both opportunities. Uh, you know, I know like it's easy to say, Hey, we're just going to do boys lacrosse, but I think we, can trust ourselves that, Hey, we can teach fundamentals for both sides. Um, and if we have the time and the capacity to do it, why not do it now? We're not going to do like a girl's club team, right? There'd be, would, that would be way too much. And we wouldn't, we wouldn't have enough time or resources to do that, but we can do skills training and clinics and and stuff like that and, and continue to give them opportunities. And same thing with box. Like if we're going to do box, we might as well add the girls because if you look at hockey around here, um, the girls play with the boys sometimes for hockey as well. So why not just, you know, give them the, the best experience?
1: Right. Right.
0: I guess uh, maybe we can go back a little bit and just talk about how you guys came up with the idea and you know, what were those conversations to, to start construct?
2: Yeah, so I know Mikey and I have kind of been involved since like I got out of coaching at Marquette. Mikey um, has kind of coached at a a couple different places since we both graduated and we both kind of had this love for coaching. It's kind of something that a lot of student athletes go through is once they get out of the sport that they've played their entire life, it's kind of hard to figure out what maybe that next step might be. And for a lot, they kind of come to the realization that it's still sticking to the sport in some way um, and passing down everything that they've learned and the opportunities that they've obviously been fortunate enough to participate in um so we both kind of fell in love with coaching and we kind of always joked around like hey if we end up back together like if this happens like we got to make something happen where where we can really work together um and provide an awesome and exciting opportunity because we both have a huge passion for it and i think that's kind of what shines through probably most some of the most of these families is that we get excited to get out there every day um it's an opportunity at least for me to get away from my desk and my desk job to just spend some time with some kids have a lot of fun like compete um share that passion that we have and these kids just crave it they, they love playing they love competing they're always asking to be body checking and running up and down the field and it's something that is contagious and something that i know mike and i really love so it's it's just exciting to be able to kind of give back and And bring all these kids together and provide that opportunity for them
1: Uh, where's like clinics and practices held
3: we 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 mix right now we go to players choice for most of our events um and then this summer we're going to really bounce around to a couple different spots so we're going to do skill days on wednesdays in like green bay and in west bend so we have both options for for kids because we have kids from both areas and um our practices are going to be held in the oshkosh area so we're, we're hoping to get maybe Oshkosh West or, or Oshkosh UWL, but um, it's going to be in the Oshkosh area for practices in the summer. Right now, we're just at Players' Choice. They have like probably the best indoor facility, I would say, in the area for the size and space and the availability, which has been awesome. Um, but I also was going to piggyback off Brennan and just say like our, our name and stuff took, so, that was probably the funniest part of the whole thing. Going through going through the different <laughs> naming options, um, and I kind of wanted to draw back. I just wanted to touch on this too like uh, you know we don't the name construct does embody us other than just teaching. you know, for me, it's a special name because if you look at it we we have like construction tape in one of our logos. like my whole family and I, and i I was just talking to my a d about this because we have a similar background works in construction, right? so like i I started when I graduated college when I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, I actually was doing, I was a union laborer every summer. And then because they were short on carpenters, it was easy for me to just go in, uh, like kind of, I, I was able to just become a carpenter, like the, go through the union, become a carper, and I and to do my apprenticeship. Um, so the, the construction background also kind of played a part into it. Like we're building these guys, you know, we're building the foundation piece, by you know, brick by brick is, is kind of what Brennan came up with through the saying, um, so it just it just is is very kind of special to both of us and it's the same way we we came up you know brendan brendan's nickname he's not gonna like this brendan's nickname was needle because he was thin like a needle you know freshman year and he had to be <laughs> built brick by brick you know when he was holding on yeah his senior year we both dealt with injuries brendan was able to play through his like you know like we've we've both been kind of built brick by brick whether whether it's how our families grew up or or whatever so um it has like that special meaning, too. I kind of wanted to get that out because for me, that's that's very important is to have like that blue collar construction background. It just kind of makes it a little bit um, more special and unique.
1: No, I I love that. It, it, one, you're preaching to the choir, you know, right where you're coming from. And I, I really appreciate that. And, and I think, frankly, most people's lives, I think, really, when you look at it, are probably like that. But it, Tasha and I, we we look at that. We ask those questions a lot. Is is exactly that? I mean, that if I'm a dad and I'm trusting you with my kid, I mean, that's exactly the kind of message that I want my kid. That's that's how I want my kid to learn, right? I mean, you you don't want everything just given to him, but it's hard work. You have to learn. You have to start at the bottom and and construct, yeah. right? And just build that foundation. And I don't know. Sometimes I feel like that message is lost sometimes with parents, and it's it's. But it's a real thing that that's that is the way to do it.
3: Yeah. I mean I don't I don't know yeah. any other way to be honest. I mean, you gotta just and then when you think you get there, you just gotta double down. I, I heard some guy, uh it was I forget the coach's name from Christopher Newport. They won the basketball championship last year in division three and he was just on a podcast and basically what he said was some of his guys thought that, oh, they won it, it's gonna get easier and he's like, No, it's gonna get two times harder. And that's kind of the same yeah. thing. It's like you just gotta keep working yeah. at the end of the day.
1: Was that a big difference for you guys when you went to Marquette? I mean, to be a, obviously the the talent went up when you when you went to that level was that was that pretty noticeable? just the drive of of all the athletes?
2: Yeah, and I think um especially Marquette being a new program when we got there. Um our coach uh Joe Amplo yeah. kind of instilled that like we I got there kind of at the tail end of like a lot of hard work and I kind of got there at a really fortunate time, but we had a bunch of seniors like my freshman year I can like name a few like Jake, Richard, Liam Burns, BJ Grill, a lot of guys who a lot of division 1 schools didn't have any interest in recruiting them, having them play for them and Joe kind of was like you guys are the athletes. I know we can kind of work with this, and we can build this into something great. You guys are going to have to take a chance on me, but if you're willing to do that and come out to Wisconsin, I I get, we can I can promise this will pay off. And sure, um, there's a lot of things like we have we have a T-shirt that has a storage container that was our locker room our freshman year. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like we always remembered where we're from. And even though like things might get nicer, like it's just, the hard work. Just like Mikey said, continues. Um, so we. We've kind of had that, and that's kind of been the instilled thing that's been instilled in us for those four and five years that we were there. Um, so that's just something that we're trying to continue to push on to, right. to the younger generation.
1: Mikey, I know you touched it, in, you know, a couple of months ago when you were on, but I mean that that's pretty much the blueprint, right? For Lawrence is is, is exactly what Ampelo did. Is is you're you're doing that at, at Lawrence? Yeah, but,
3: I mean definitely very similar. I would say we both went to Marquette and I think a lot of guys went to Marquette because we drank coach Amplo's Kool-Aid. And and honestly, we still do. I mean, I, I try to talk to him as much as I can because he brought us there for a reason and we believed in his vision. And honestly, the biggest thing was like, I now have this connection with Brendan and I, and I literally told him like, you're one of the reasons why I want to move back to Wisconsin. You know, like he knew that it was because yeah. we have this relationship and uh, every two weeks now I, I talked to BJ. I talked to BJ girl for an hour today. I'd, went down and saw Jake Richard yesterday and, and Marquette guys. And like the love that we had as a program is kind of the reason we really pushed each other too. We, it was just, it was just different. We would talk to our friends from different programs and the, and the relationships we had were just different. Um, and that's, that's 100% what we want to do. And honestly, I want, I, I want selfishly the guys that we have on this first class to be just like Jake and BJ and Liam and Kyle Whitlow and, the guys and Connor Gately and Henry Nelson, like all these guys who were that first class, like those guys were special. Those guys were like one of the one of the most special groups just because of who they were as people. You know, beyond like the lacrosse stuff.
1: Yeah, those people. It's amazing. They really do have an effect. I mean, they affect you the rest of your life. You 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 learn from those people. It's I guess I don't know. The older I get, the you, you try to take the good from people like that, and it, it just it's amazing when you run into people like that and just get inspired. And that's, that's, that's really cool to hear. I, I love that. I'm sure ample has got to be pretty fired up for you guys. I'm pretty excited with what, what you're doing and where you're at in your careers. Well, he
3: followed us on Instagram. So I think that's a good step.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's impressive. He's on yeah. Instagram.
0: <laughs> hey, Newsacast listeners, you can find every episode on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube please help us grow by subscribing or sharing the news with friends or follow us on Facebook X TikTok, or Instagram. So how are things going so far? I mean, what are your numbers like as far as uh, your club or as far as the uh, lessons and, and workouts going?
2: Yeah. So we, uh, we started in the fall with just some simple clinics and, um, Honestly, when we came, when we came to the idea of like, let's do some instruction was very much that like, let's just do some instruction and like, let's get the people that we know and the things that we know in front of as many kids as possible. And it just started with a single hour on, uh, on a, I guess it was a Thursday night or whatever, whatever day we chose. And we do it once a week. And it started with like six kids between high school and And and, boys and uh, girls (laughs) and then and boys and girls yeah so it was small um and then it's just kind of exploded from there we've had parents come to us and like hey we love this this is an awesome opportunity we like the way you coach um and i'm not i'm not trying to like brag about the way we coach but we're we're trying to be strict with these kids we want to give them kind of some discipline teach them the skills that they need to learn um and show them that like this can open a lot of doors, even at a young age. Like if you give this a good go and you you work really hard at this, like you have an opportunity to open some doors, whether it be academically or meet, making connections with people that you might have not known because of lacrosse. Um, it opens a lot of doors. And I know it's kind of um, that saying that everybody uses, like athletics are just a vehicle to get you to places you might not have been able to get to. But it truly is because without lacrosse, I wouldn't be out here with Mikey um, and I wouldn't have met someone probably my best friends in the world so it's just an awesome opportunity and then now it's grown into a club where we have i think we might have had 130 kids try out between six age levels Um, and we have registration open right now planning for a couple i think five or six teams this summer so it's kind of grown into something that we didn't even expect um, but it's something we're really excited for because that just means we're one we're doing a good job and two that these kids want and want to continue to play and learn
1: that's encouraging and exciting to hear that's that's fantastic do you have then uh, will you have travel teams like the for some of the older kids will will they go to some of the midwest tournaments east coast tournaments whatever
3: yeah we have so we have two high school teams um we actually have uh, one and i think like it's it's we don't want to get into this like hey we're we call it like construct high school national um but we don't want people to think like it's a national team like we're taking five kids from california and five kids from jersey and x y and z we more so you know nationalism like we're going to go across the country and play the best competition because we want to showcase the the bay valley uh, and northeast wisconsin and the north shore of milwaukee where we'll have a couple kids and and we want to put these guys in front of every coach possible where they can now walk away and say, all right, I had a full recruiting experience. Um, I got to see what it was like. I got to play at a high level. Is this what I want or not? So we'll have that team, and they'll go to Nashville, Tennessee. They'll go to uh, Indiana for an NXT event. They'll go to the best event in the summer called NLF, which is in Long Island, and then they'll finish in Chicago. And then we have a regional team. Pipe City? No, Chicago Showdown is what it's called. Yeah, and then we have a regional team who – They're going to stay more local. The furthest they'll go is that NXT event, and they're also the younger team. Um, So our goal, honestly, is to get to where high school is every grad year. But for right now, the high school group is the smallest group, and the youth group is the largest group. Um, So, yeah, we we have the travel teams there, and and we're kind of finishing them up this week. And then, you know, if if we need a couple more kids for the national team or for the regional team, then – I know some kids are in hockey, some kids are in basketball. They missed it. We might, you know, say, "Hey, if you're interested, uh, you know, we'll get because I'm going to be at high school games. I'll get out to a high school game. I'll evaluate you, and then we'll we'll go from there."
1: What? So will they? Uh, what, what's their training like then in season? Twice a week or something? You, you Practices and then hit the road on the weekends? A few weekends? Yeah. A year so two summer? days
3: a week. So we'll start in the summer, the the week of the state championship week. Well, that will be our first week of practice because not every guy will be playing high school still uh, we'll go Tuesday, Thursday right. from that week until the end of July. And then Wednesdays we'll have like a skills day where Tuesday, Thursday is sure. a team practice. Um, you know, we're going to prepare, we're going to, we're going to compete together. Wednesdays will be open to anyone. doesn't matter your club. And, and we have like a no recruiting policy. Like we're not going to at the skill day, recruit you to play for construct. Like if, if that's right. said by a coach, it's going to be a conversation because It's skills available to kids who just don't have lacrosse and want to get better. Uh, You know, there could be kids from other clubs who live close by who on Wednesdays, they're open. They want to come in and play with their friends and it'll be like offense, defense, Fogos, goalies. You'll get some work in by yourself, indie work like we do in college. And then we'll come together and do like small group and small sided drills.
1: Yeah, that's great. I mean, just that skill opportunity. I mean, that's more than anything. What we need up here is just to get these kids better at it. the stick skills.
3: Yes, yes. We need a we need a lot of passing and catching. Yeah,
1: yeah. We definitely do.
2: <laughs> and it's funny. You can ask any of our college coaches. Even when we play at the Division one level, stick skills are what they preach. They tell us we don't play enough wall ball. Yeah. We don't play yeah. pass enough. And it's some it's something that never changes. And just like you said about a moving target, you think it's going to get easier? It never does. Like stick skills, they can always get better. There's always a different drill you can do. You can always play more wall ball. We had a buddy in college who could play wall ball with three lacrosse balls yeah. at once like things i didn't do know were possible yeah. are <laughs> apparently possible yeah
0: so
1: yeah there's somebody always better it seems but yeah i mean you're right i mean that's a great lesson you can just always get better you always have to practice whatever you have to the fundamentals so um i
0: mean we'll, we'll make a plug here where uh where can people get your information for construct as well i know you have a big social media presence but uh maybe give us a the listener possibly a little information
2: yeah. So, um, right now our website is constructlacs.com that has, um, that was kind of our initial website where you have all of our registration for everything, uh, skills for the next, I think three to four weeks, depending on the program. Um, and then we'll be transitioning over to, um, a construct lacrosse website here in the next couple of weeks okay. um that's where our registration is currently for our summer programs and that's where the rest of our registration going forward will end up being because that's more of a um a, sh- a sharing app where where people can connect you can put all the kids in rosters and teams parents can chat players can chat coaches can interact with the players we can rsvp to stuff just so we can get a better understanding of who's where and when we got to be there yeah. so and then
3: instagram is at construct facebook is construct lacrosse yep. Yeah. yep,
2: absolutely and and like you said we try and post everything that we can out there it's um an easy way to connect and obviously it spreads pretty quickly through stuff like that um, everybody's on it nowadays so we'd be <laughs> foolish not to be marketing
1: on it yeah that's that's the truth well, guys, isn't it? they, I mean, it's all about social media you know one thing it, it got me to thinking the first question you know we talked about you guys growing up and the opportunity to play and you guys are giving the kids an opportunity to play and Tasha and I don't really ever plug this, but it made me think we, we have a grant. It's called the every kid plays grant that the kids just like that are eligible where we help pay the cost of, of them to, you know, to play the sport, to try the, try the sport. And I think the two would work hand in hand, you know, sometimes lacrosse, I think sometimes gets the stigma that it's a, it's an expensive sport. Um, and that, that doesn't necessarily the case. You can learn the sport relatively cheap and, and, um, you know, this every kid plays grants a way to help with that and kind of what you guys are doing with the skills days and all that. There's, there's ways to learn the sport and, you know, cost doesn't necessarily have to be a barrier.
3: Yeah. And and we're looking into how to craft together some try lacrosse days um, as well. That is, that is definitely on our, our menu. I mean, we have. You know, we're in the process of trying to get some sticks for ourselves where, like, we can just show up and have 20 sticks and, and then play. We have we have box nets, so we can play speed lacrosse all day long and, and just get kids to try lacrosse. Okay. Um, and then, actually, with Lawrence next year, uh, we're going to be reaching out to some of the – high or not high school, some of the elementary and middle schools in, like, Oshkosh and areas that don't have it and, and bring our guys down to do some stuff in the gym classes. So, I know – That is is definitely a goal to to try to continue to bring sticks and hands, um, you know, and and have that opportunity Uh, because we don't want to get to a spot where there's this mindset of like, oh, it's just the elitist lacrosse stuff. Like we don't, we don't want that at all. Like, you know.
1: Yeah, I I
0: totally agree. That's such a a powerful piece that you said, you know, getting the, the players into the elementary schools. I mean, when we talked to Casey Paul a couple of years ago when he was here for the Red Smith banquet, he talked about it all started with a gym teacher bringing sticks into the class and learning how to play the game. And it just snowballed after that. And that's, I think that is one of the things that we're lacking even in the Fox Valley is we have excellent teachers. They just, uh, we don't have those, those programs in for those teachers to excel and get kids excited about different opportunities.
2: Yeah. And I, and like you said, it's, it's more about getting that opportunity and that stick in their hand for the first time, because, so I, I coach down at West Bend um, for the high school team and I run their youth program and um, we've partnered and started working with um, an awesome family, the Katzma's they are super heavily hockey based. um, And the transition between hockey and box is so similar and lacrosse is so similar. The hand eye coordination is the same. Sorry about that. I, I have a, eight-week-old puppy that's running around down below me. (laughs)
1: Our podcast ends with a dog howl.
2: Yeah, it's (laughs) my dog. (laughs) Um, But, yeah. Hockey is just the biggest crossover, and like these kids get mm-hmm. the stick in their hand one time. That's all it really takes. Like,
0: absolutely, we just
2: get them out there for one hour, and, and they absolutely love it. And their parents love it because for me, when I grew up, I played baseball and lacrosse. And my mom was like, I cannot watch you play baseball anymore, you don't do anything. And I and I and I couldn't um play baseball anymore because I couldn't stand uh hanging out in the outfield the whole time. Heck yeah,
1: best <laughs> recruiting, so we, uh, best recruiting. Take exactly, the baseball players, yeah. right. Bring them over to yeah, lacrosse.
2: I, I got quite a story for you. Uh, before I got to West Bend, uh, there was a couple families uh, that ran the program. Uh, the Stanics are one of them. Big lacrosse family have been one of the biggest keys su- to success in the Washington County area, and they're, uh one of the signs they built up for promo is, if you hate standing in the outfield come try lacrosse and they put these signs up around the baseball fields in Washington (laughs) County. And the other side of the sign said, if you hate watching your kids stand in the outfield, bring them to lacrosse. And I think they went by the field like two or three days later and the signs were ripped up and in the trash can. Uh, But (laughs) (laughs) but Everybody got a good laugh out of it and and they've really gotten it to grow a lot. So
0: I was a baseball player growing up and I'll I'll be honest, if I could have had a stick in my hand, with lacrosse and just watching my, my youngest son play absolutely would have probably quit playing baseball and picked up the sport because my youngest son said the same thing. He's like, dad, he goes, I- I'm just, baseball's kind of boring. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it takes a special person to do it. And then he picked up lacrosse and he's like, this is the best sport. He goes, this is more physical than football. When I play, this is more physical than hockey. He goes, this is a great sport. And he's, he's fallen in love. And all it took was you know, the first time he, he picked up a stick, really, he was playing in a game. So it's cool. It's a great sport. I mean, everybody should give it a try. Yeah, absolutely. And like and like you
2: said, the thing that can be a little bit of a deterrent is is the gear and how expensive it can be, very similar to ice hockey. The yeah. gear can be expensive, but nowadays there's so many opportunities. Like there's some lacrosse stores I know down here in Milwaukee and I think up in the Fox Valley area that you can rent equipment for 100 bucks for the whole season. Yeah. Um, nice. And they'll outfit you head to toe. Um and they just, and that just gives kids the opportunity opportunity to play, give it a try, and not have to sink a couple thousand or a hundred bucks right. into into the gear that it takes to play. Um, so there's a lot of avenues and web, and websites like Sideline Swap um, yeah. where you can get used gear, very similar to eBay, but you can get really quality gear from the division one programs that your kids always look up to. You can find kids selling their gear yep. on there. And then you can also find just really, really cheap used gear for your kids to, to play with.
1: I mean, there's really no excuse not to try lacrosse. I mean, it's, it's super doable and, and you fall in love with it. Uh, Tosh mentioned earlier, you, we had Casey Powell at, at, at the Red Smith banquet a couple of years ago. Have, do you like his speed lacrosse? That's, that's a pretty cool game. He, he has developed.
3: Yeah, I'm. I'm a big fan. I think uh, it's also similar to. So I don't know if Brendan did this. Uh, I never. We never did this in my area. It wasn't a big lacrosse area. But three by that, like Jamie Monroe talks about all the time, it's just like it's speed lacrosse, but it's like half court. It's like if you played half court basketball. So it's the same thing. It's just uh, yeah. three on three, and then one guy hops in the net, uh, or like trash can lacrosse, very similar to. Um, you just you just take a trash can and now you protect it and try to score. I love it. I think the be- the best thing with it, and that's that's why I do like the sixes as well is because sixes in certain areas can just get kids more accessibility because you don't need as many. Um, same thing with speed. You don't need yeah. anything but a ball. Like you don't even need a real ball. You just need a tennis ball and a stick. Um, and sometimes you could even use the plastic stick, you know, that Brennan was talking about. So I just think anything that gets more sticks in hands at a younger age is going to be more likely for kids to like have equipment. Um, and hopefully, WIAA gets to a point where the school does provide equipment. Like that'd be really cool uh, if it can get to that, because then more yeah. kids definitely yeah. can play.
1: Can you imagine the Bonta Bowl or, or uh, just the Lawrence facility having a having a speed lacrosse tournament or a sixes tournament? Just pack the place, just youth fundraisers, <laughs> construct. I, I, I can I envision something. <laughs> I, I it's big. It's big. <laughs> they used to have years ago in Nina, it was a huge event they had. It was called street ball. It was three on three basketball, but they'd, they'd close down yeah. like, like a couple of city blocks and play basketball. I always told, I think I told Roger Hornberger this, it'd be so awesome to close college Avenue and had play speed lacrosse down college Avenue one, you know, Saturday or whatever, and just build an event around it and just mega awareness. Chris,
3: Chris Green and I were actually, we had lunch today and he was telling me about that same thing.
1: Yeah, or yeah. well, maybe it was Chris. We yeah. might have talked about that. Yeah, for <laughs> yeah. sure. It might have been Chris. Chris is so, yeah. Uh, yeah, Chris and I are good buds. Yeah, he I was like him. right
3: out here. They played three on three basketball. And I was like, that's that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah.
1: Chris knows what I'm talking about. I that that's I don't know. I think yeah. it would I be. I mean, huge. what I want
3: to do this summer is basically see when the tennis courts are open on the river and bring the bring the box yeah. there and just like put a post up and say, hey, three by bring a team of three. Let's go and do like a pickup three by. Yeah. Um, you know, when we have time during the summer. So like during the summer days, if it's super nice. So that's, that's something that I've already, I've already told some kids about in the area, uh, you know, bring your team and, you know, we'll run the court. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, that'd be awesome. That's a great fit. Those courts are so cool. Tucked in there on the river. That yeah, that's a uh, gorgeous low key. That's an epic yeah. spot. Yeah.
0: So, um, we kind of talked about the summer you talked about your traveling. Um, so what, what looks like, uh, Brendan, are you still coaching at the high school at West Bend uh, for the spring here?
2: Yep. So I'm coaching the varsity team. I'm the head coach yeah. over there, and like I said, I run the youth program. So I kind of work hand in hand, kind of developing the young guys, and then also getting to coach the high school guys. And fortunate would be an understatement. Um, one of one of our buddies, Kyle Whitlow, uh, he was a senior my freshman year. He lives not even five minutes down the road from West Bend, um, so he he's helping me out. And then like I like I said, we got two or three other guys, three other guys actually that were a okay. part of the program the past couple of years have moved back to the area and they're going to come help out. One of them, Mikey coached at Canisius. Um, so I'm bringing a whole staff together of kids that have played at a high level, kids that have been a part of the program and guys that have been transplants, I guess. Yeah. Um, and just, I love it it's it's different than club because i get more of a commitment from the kids we get to spend more time together um i get i get to coach them a little bit harder um and we get to do stuff that might not just be lacrosse involved we can um we can do a little bit of weight training we can do speed training we could we do a lot of film and we really get to dive pretty deep into like the intricacies of lacrosse okay and it's a lot of fun because that connection just dives deeper and I see those kids all summer long, whatever club team they play for, I see them on the circuit because we all go end up going to the same tournament. So I get to see them all summer. I get to see these kids develop um, and it's a real blast just to be honestly part of their journey because I know how awesome it was to have great coaches in high school. Um, but to have these kids and have someone that they can ask a question and it, it might just be me being a little bit younger, it's easier to, to have those conversations. Cause I yeah. was in their shoes no, no more than eight years ago. Um, it's really fun to be able to connect with those guys and really try and help them find their path. Like we have kids that go on to play at really high levels. And then we have kids that go into the trades and then are like, Hey, I want to come back and coach right away. And I'm like, nice. I'd be happy to have you
0: back. So, so how we'll just, we'll just ask for a prediction here. What are you guys looking like this year?
2: <laughs> we'll, we'll be pretty good this year um last year we graduated the past two years we've graduated a ton of seniors and that okay. was uh pretty much attributed to a lot of hard work from a lot of families that had been a part of the program in the past and they've they've all had their their youth kids their oldest kids and youngest kids just graduate okay. um so we'll be definitely on a little bit on the younger side um but our youth program and those younger kids we've kind of been snowballing with the skill level um these kids have now had a stick in their hand for a lot longer. So I think it's, it's a momentum thing right now. We'll be building off of, we've had two pretty good seasons. Um, We, we won a conference my first year and then we got second last year to USM. So we're looking to compete against Homestead in the conference this year. There's obviously some realignment that changes some things up. Um, But a lot of those rivalries, like the ones that we have with USM and, and Homestead and all those schools, it's, it's going to be really exciting to get back out there. And I mean, it's, a little over a month away i, I truly can't wait
1: <laughs> randy cohen always makes yeah. sure you have the best officials right
2: <laughs> yeah randy randy and i are good buddies yeah. sometimes i'll give him a hard time and i'll have to give him a call if i didn't appreciate one of the calls his refs and then the, his refs made my game and he'll go brennan don't worry i already heard from the ref and i go i know i know <laughs> but yeah he's he's awesome he's uh one to just kind of shout him out. He's one of the biggest um, proponents to building the sport and growing the sport. It's while we think getting sticks in these kids' hands is hard, getting refs to ref these games is so hard. And that's probably the biggest challenge in my eyes with, with growing the sport in Wisconsin. One, because there's not that many people that played. So they're not that many people are interested in refing or understand the game at that level. And two, parents can be tough coaches can be tough kids can be tough they don't get paid a whole lot necessarily there's a lot of travel involved because the yeah. sport is so spread out across the state so some refs travel 80 miles one way for a game and i mean it's i don't blame a lot of people for not signing up so we're super thankful for the refs that do and, and the kids that come back and do it um but randy's got a tough job one that i definitely don't envy but but he crushes it i i there's never been a game where we haven't seen enough refs at the games or the refs don't know what they're talking about. They're awesome. He's, they're really well-trained. They do an awesome job and, um, they make the sport honestly pretty fun to coach.
1: I appreciate you saying that as a, uh, well, newly former official. I mean, it's everything you said is true. And Randy does work. Cause I mean, I've known Randy for years. He's, he's been a mentor of mine for, for sure. And, um, Great guy grows the game, but you're absolutely right, Josh. I'm not going to get on my soapbox because we do talk officiating quite a bit throughout this podcast, Um, (laughs) but you're right. I mean, we just, that is the area. I mean, there's not enough officials. Nobody, I I feel terrible stepping away because I know there aren't enough officials, but you know, I put my time in other, just other people have to step up and officiate and you, it's a rush. I, I try to get this across to, especially some of the high school kids that, that maybe don't go on to coach or play it's a pretty big rush to get out there and just be on the field. You're a part of the game. You're, you're an intricate part of the game. And and while you're not competing, like you did with a stick in your hand, you are competing at a certain level. And there, I think there's similar rushes there that it's hard to get that message across to people, but man, that's, that's what hooks you to be a good official. And then you only want to get better from there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I know they're, they're working to kind of increase the pay to make it. So it's a little bit more reasonable to get you out there and do it. Um, And, I started reffing soccer when I was little, so as a, it's a way to get out there and make a little bit of money, yeah. learn a sport, um, have some fun, and and since we need so many officials, you could have a game every week. So, oh yeah, you could you could make a ton of money at this point if you just work if you're working every yeah. afternoon, reffing a JV game and a varsity game. So back in the day, I've been to
1: Water, I've been to West Bend uh, several times back in the day. <laughs> yeah, those, those it's, trips are it's real. An,
2: it's an awesome town. It's 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 growing a lot. We we finally got a Chipotle in there. Nice. We got a Panera in there. Um, <laughs> Texas Roadhouse nice. is the place to be in West Bend, but Chipotle <laughs> and all those other places. So it, it's growing right now.
1: No, the, the high school, it, high school is, is with WIA. It's going to be huge. But yeah, the high school season, it goes quick, but it's great lacrosse. And, and you know, same thing we said about football. When you, when you see the kids out there playing lacrosse, stop by and watch it. It's it's entertaining and it's it's high pace. It's mm-hmm. good, good, good lacrosse. It's uh well worth your time.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I know, so like our school's a co-op this year, um, yeah. we have East and West in the same building. So they're a co-op for pretty much every sport, but we have other schools like Slinger, Grafton, um, Hartford, uh, Living Word. We used to have port in a couple other schools, but kind of one of our due diligences and ways to grow the game here is to just play lacrosse and give these kids an opportunity to play at their school so they can invite their friends to the school so like we'll be playing games at west we played at grafton last year but we'll go back to grafton play a game there we'll play at slinger we'll play at hartford and hopefully kids or their parents drive by and they're like whoa what's going on on that field i've never seen that sport in the spring and just get people to stop by and come watch and And kids can draw their friends out. Their friends' parents can come out because it's in their backyard. Um, And that's just another way that we can kind of grow the game because I know there are a lot of co-ops and not necessarily every school doesn't provide the opportunity. But down the road, these co-ops will end up disappearing because you can't stop the growth of the sport. It's growing so rapidly. And even 10 years ago in Wisconsin, there weren't that many teams. Um, And there weren't that many kids coming out to go play at really high levels. But now there's kids going to play division one lacrosse at this point left and right all yeah. across the state so it's the growth isn't isn't going to start slowing down anytime
1: soon no a- absolutely i mean you guys are doing the part and growing your game right it's it's it, you wish it could be a certain way but we just have to transition and, and get ourselves to where there aren't co-ops and it just that just takes time and education yeah. just years of playing and we're well on our way so I'm, I'm happy for both you guys it's glad to have you in the area for sure glad to have construct here super excited to watch Lawrence coming up next year I and mean, that's you're a year away, yes. right? You're away from, from a face. Yeah. Uh,
3: February 26th next year will be our first game. So nice. Yeah. nice. Yeah. We're almost, almost <laughs> an official full year away. Uh, and then yes, yeah, September we'll start get we'll start going with practices and we'll make sure that everyone knows like, Hey, you can always come to the practice. Practice is never closed. Um, Cause it's the same thing cool. as Brendan was saying, like we want, you know, maybe someone walks by or maybe someone's like, Hey, you know, we're at Lawrence because track and field or, you know, coach Krepp doesn't want to hear this, but his baseball kids are walking by. And then they're like, Oh wait, what's that game on that field over there? You know, and now yeah. they, they come to lacrosse. So um, yeah, I'm excited. I, I can't wait. I mean, I'm also I'm ready to, to be coaching my guys. You know, this is going to be a long spring Uh, (laughs) watching some college games this weekend or going to the Marquette practice yesterday. I'm like, I just want to be in it. You know, I like wanted to jump in and coach some of the things and I'm like, all right, I can't, I gotta, I gotta relax. I gotta relax. (laughs) How
0: is uh how is uh recruiting and how many players you have coming in so far?
3: Yeah. So recruiting is, I would say it's going well. Um, it was always going to be a process, you know, as a first year team. Um, you know, yep. lacrosse recruiting is early, so I kind of got hired right at the tail end. To be honest, you you really want to start your process ja- like right now or or February of the the next the class that's going to be the year after. Um, so I kind of started like middle June, like late June. Um, so a little bit later, we're at twelve guys right now. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to be looking to get up to twenty to twenty two freshmen. Um, and then you know the goal is to have twenty to twenty-two freshmen, four to six, or, you know, or I'd say I would say four plus transfers because we need some older guys. Uh, we have three hockey guys that want to come out and play. They've played in high school, so they're going to come out and play. Nice. Uh, and it's cool to have two of them be twenty-one year old freshmen, so they're nice and old. Uh, exactly. And then <laughs> and then we actually just posted about one guy yesterday who his name is Nate Booth. He is a football and lacrosse player at Lawrence right now. He came to Lawrence for both. Um, he, and he knew he would have to sit out okay. this year of lacrosse. And then we have another unbelievable young man. He actually played lacrosse at Wayland Academy. Um, so picked it up at Wayland Academy, went from baseball to lacrosse, came to Lawrence, thought his career was over. And, you know, I met with him probably two months ago and was like, hey, like, if you want to play lacrosse, there's going to be an opportunity. Um, you know, you're going to be a junior. And I'm not going to, you know, I can't tell any of these guys that they have an opportunity to start or to play. Uh, I can't tell them they're going to start. I can just tell them they'll have the opportunity to play. And I looked at him and I said, Hey, but the biggest thing you're going to do is you're one of the best people on this campus. Like you do so much. You're incredible in the classroom. You're accepted into Marine OCS when you graduate. Like that's unbelievable. Uh, You want to be a lawyer. Like there's not, there's not, if you ask him to do something, he'll do it even right now. Like he does everything that, that he, he, uh, he can at the school. Um, and he just represents lacrosse in the best way. Like there was a dinner for student athletes, uh, student athletes of color that CJ attended. And he is dressed with a, a sweater on, a, a tie, nice shirt, unbelievable shoes, polished. Like he looked unbelievable. You know, some some kids were in sweats. And President Carter's like, who's this guy? And I was like, oh, that's our first lacrosse player. You know, so like he, he just awesome. puts, he, he's at the highest standard. Um, the hockey guys are like that too. And, the kids that we're bringing on the campus yeah. and, and that are in our class are unbelievable. I was at one of their hockey, one of the kids hockey games last night. Um, and they're just like, you know, they're, they're good lacrosse players, which is fun and exciting. Cause I know we're going to be able to compete right away, but they're better people and they're from better families. And that's really what we wanted, you know, for year one. Good. So we're not done yet. You know, there's, there's still some guys we, we need to close the deal on um, this next like six weeks, which is why today was super busy too. But, um, no we're gonna have we're gonna have a great we're gonna have a great roster we have so much support it's unbelievable i mean when the president of your school is willing to meet with a recruit you know it it definitely means something and and that's that's what we had last friday so absolutely um the support is unreal i mean the locker room you know we're in the locker room now and it's it's gorgeous every everything's coming in so yeah it's exciting (laughs)
1: Do you what conference? Do you know what conference you're going to be playing in yet? I do,
3: uh, not allowed to share it yet, so I, I have to hold okay. that close okay. to the close to the heart here. Um, no problem. Yeah. But right. it's, a, it's a really good conference. It's competitive. Um, it's exciting. So I'm I'm definitely pumped about our choice. And then I know out of conference wise, we still have the freedom to play a decent amount of games. We we have the ability to go on a spring break trip. Um, and every year, our goal is to just go this way with our out of conference schedule. Um, you know, and, and by year three and year four, I want you guys to like shoot me a text and be like, coach, you're crazy, who the heck are you playing this year? You know, cause, yeah, cause that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. the goal. You know, we don't, we're not worried about anyone. We don't care if we're first year 15th, 20th, like we got to put our socks and shoes on the same way. We got to step on the field and compete. Um, so we're, we're going to have that confidence and, and that toughness and grit that we think that stuff is going to get us, you know, through that through that door.
1: Do they do it? Maybe it's preseason in the lacrosse world. I mean, could you potentially play Marquette? I, I don't know if that's a preseason game or do they do they cross over D three with D one? Uh, they
3: do. I think. I mean, honestly, the goal is to get the, the goal for me is to get to a place where we can scrimmage Lewis, which is a really high level D two, and and yes, we can scrimmage Marquette because they feel that we're actually going to give them a challenge. Um, now they're not going to scrimmage us if we're not going to give them a challenge because like they scrimmaged right. deep this past year. You know, I don't, I don't know if that's, that's really, that's really the same, uh, but you know, I would, I would love to get there. I mean, I really want to play in the bubble. Like that's, that's a dream of mine is to play a game in the bubble, like not against them, but to play another D3 opponent in the bubble um, is, is definitely a goal. So sure. yeah, I mean, if we can get there, you know, I know our basketball team wants to scrimmage Marquette as well, because uh, number one, I mean, Coach Korn is, is a uh, crazy man in the best way he wants to play the best teams always but shaka smart's brother went to lawrence so there's kind of a connection um but yeah i mean for me i would i would love to that would be unbelievable you know and we would try to we would try to beat them by as much as we could too that'd be the goal i I believe (laughs) that i believe that (laughs) you were taught well right you know i mean we did that you know (laughs) alumni game brendan and i were out there and had a good alumni showing so
1: how often do you guys get the sticks out? Do you still play some besides alumni or is, do you get a chance to play ever?
3: Yeah,
2: we, uh, there's, there's some pickup leagues. I know around here, down by me, there's some pickup leagues that you can play in um, on the, in the summers. Um, but for us, our big day is the alumni weekend. We yeah. get to hang out with some of our buddies. We get to meet back up and then we get to play against the team. There's no better feeling than getting out there, even though those kids might be a little bit younger and a little bit faster. Um We've been playing a little bit longer, so we like to outsmart and uh, try and outsmart them, and yeah. try and try and get back at the coaches. Yeah. So,
1: so how's Monday morning after Alumni Weekend?
2: Oh, I have <laughs> yeah. muscles that are sore that I didn't know could be <laughs> sore. It's really bad. My hips are about as tight as they can be. I'm putting icy hot all over. I'm struggling.
0: <laughs> Wait
1: till you hit fifty. <laughs>
0: You don't even want to think about it. Well, guys, I know you know we're we're at about an hour here, and uh, we really truly appreciate. It. And we, you know, one of the big things is we wanted to bring some high some light to your program. And it, thank you so much for talking about it. We wish you guys good luck. I, I don't want to wish West Bend that much luck because my kids playing for Appleton United, but <laughs> but you know I wish you luck. We're actually going to be in West Bend for hockey next week Tuesday. It's a playoff game. So awesome. the Fox awesome. City Stars, my youngest place where that's the first playoff game of the year. So, um, yeah, you guys are you guys are great. We're going to continue to keep in touch with you and follow you. And, uh, um, you know, I, I can't wait for the beginning of Lawrence and be able to go down there on a, in a September and just watch you guys practice as well. It's going to be a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah,
3: we, we can't wait. You know, I, I definitely can't wait. And you guys, everyone is invited. I would love it if there was like the whole stadium was packed because it was first practice that'd be unbelievable that'd be electric yeah
0: well i i think that's the goal i think we got to talk to the youth programs and uh we got to get people out there for yeah. their first practice that's a that's a great idea i know the guys will be
3: fired <laughs> up they're going to be excited if, if they see that yeah
0: well cool news cast listeners we are going to give you the second opportunity to hear our very first throwback this week and that is the one and only mark johnson and this is obviously pretty important because mark johnson was a member of the 1980 miracle on ice and february 22nd was the date in 1980 that they beat the soviets yes and he he is many considered many people believe was probably had the best Olympics out of every player on that team. Um, he was responsible for two of the four goals. Uh, he scored the f- uh, goal with one second left in the first that pulled the Soviets' number one goaltender out. The coach pulled him out when nobody understands why. And he was also responsible for the third goal that tied it at three three. And you know he is also in every single sports hall of fame you can re- think of for hockey. He's uh, the longtime coach of the women's team at University of Wisconsin-Madison. Yes. And was just a spectacular speaker uh, for the Red Smith Awards. Yeah, it was
1: great to have him here. And, and uh, in 2009, he was, he was fantastic. Yeah, it, you know, I was thinking, Tasha, I mean, his coaching career is almost as good as his or equal to his playing career, which after the stats you described is pretty hard to do. But just an incredible yeah. coach I mean, the Wisconsin women's program is, is, is the best in the nation the gold standard.
0: Yeah, they're perennial uh frozen four. Uh, they you know, they're number 2 in the nation right now I believe and uh they are playing fantastic again and gunning for another uh national championship. And you know, we we didn't even mention he had a hell of an NHL career as well. Right. He played 669 games also which is which is incredible. Yeah. So yeah, this is this is the this is amazing and it's it's a great time to see this throwback uh, looking back at the uh, 1980 Olympics yeah so yeah this is one you should enjoy
2: Red Smith sports Awards banquet throwback
4: The Red Smith Award, of course, goes to someone who has made some unique contributions to sport in Wisconsin. And also epitomizes the great values that Red Smith exhibited. Let's give a Red Smith welcome. You'd have to look long and hard to find anyone in the state of Wisconsin who has has achieved as much success as Mark Johnson has achieved. And as a freshman for the Badgers, Mark was named the WCHA Rookie of the Year. Mark Johnson still holds the record for goals scored in a season and goals scored in a career. Mark went on to the United States gold medal winning team, the Miracle on Ice. Mark played 11 seasons in the National Hockey League he played professionally three more seasons overseas before returning to Wisconsin, his home. And would eventually be named assistant coach for the men's hockey team under Jeff Sauer. And after six seasons as an assistant coach for the men's team, Mark was named head coach of the women's hockey program in 2002. And during that time, he's built the premier women's hockey program in the country with back-to-back championships in 2006 and 2007. Everything Mark touches turns to gold. Mark has been inducted into the UW Hall of Fame, the State of Wisconsin Sports Hall of Fame, the US Hockey Hall of Fame. He's been named a Silver Anniversary Award winner by the NCAA and the Vince Lombardi Award of Excellence. I'm sure any of you who know Mark Johnson will agree on this. You won't find a nicer person. You won't find anyone more humble. You won't find anyone more dedicated to his family, to his players and staff. Gives me great pleasure to introduce to you one of the greatest athletes in the history of the state of Wisconsin. Please welcome our good friend, Mark Johnson.
5: thank you Vince Uh, certainly kind words Uh, to me it's really a night uh, to be thankful and certainly want to thank the Red Smith committee for uh, this great honor as I looked down the list of past winners uh, a couple weeks ago when I went on the website uh, my first reaction was like wow you look at the names and what those people have done not only within their communities but uh, certainly within their uh, sports. there's a lot of impressive people on there, and so I'm very humbled to be part of that group and, and certainly very honored. But uh, as I look out, and Vincent said it was a large banquet, and when we walked through the doors here and I saw everybody sitting out there, it's like, no, this is huge. <laughs> but it really paints a picture of what your community's all about. And uh, uh, as I've told uh, on many occasions uh, to different banquets that I've spoke at, uh, you know, you can have great buildings. And if you go down to Madison and, and you see the Kohl Center, or you see camp randall or the overture center i mean we got a lot of wonderful things down there what makes the community special is the people and as i interacted with some people tonight uh, before we came up here and, and as i look out in the audience and i see the real mission of what the Red Smith banquet's all about uh, it sort of gives me goose pimples because i have five kids myself and i know how important youth sports is to a community and uh, the future of your community is within your young people and it's so neat to see a community like yourself get together, raise money, distribute it out to different organizations in the Fox Valley it just develops strength within uh, within your whole area, and uh, you can see why people want to move up here, and why wonderful things are happening around your area, and it's so special to be part of your evening. Because, uh, like I say, the the strength of your community is not only within the people, but what you do with your young people, and it's very neat to see this community come together and, and raise money. Uh, but I think the special things that, that, that I really reflect on, and I was very fortunate about, I had a father that uh, really became a role model when you're young, and you're running around the house and you're running to different activities, you really don't know what's happening. You're sort of naive to what the whole uh, culture of of your environment. But as you get older, as you mature, and you look back on on how you developed your morals and your values, and uh, the first thing I looked at is my parents. And I was fortunate enough to have a father who was very passionate about his job. He was a coach, but more importantly, he was a teacher he was genuine Uh, he was 24 7 he had a lot of energy and enthusiasm for the game and I was fortunate being one of his sons to watch it on a daily basis and I look back uh, and uh, reflect on the opportunities he presented my mom presented to us as uh, as kids Uh, you're just thankful that I was fortunate enough to live in a household that had that and now as a coach uh, it's neat to go back on the ice with young kids because to me it's pure it's genuine they're doing it because they love what they uh, the, they do with uh, with their teammates it's great social opportunity meeting different kids around the neighborhood and it really is as ron mentioned it's about having fun and so last night uh, we had a uh, a clinic at the cole center seventy kids on the ice we had thirty more kids doing off-ice up in the uh gymnasium at the Coal Center and it was just fun going on the ice because these five and six-year-olds with their hair in front of their eyes with their helmets and their equipment on getting a chance to skate around the Coal Center ice it uh, it was very exciting as we organized the on ice activities we got ourselves organized and there's this young lady young little girl Annie was her name she was five years old and I say Annie you need to go down in the corner where they're working on skating no 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 coach I need to go to the bathroom (laughs) and what do you do you just smile and say okay let's get you going here and so (laughs) but that's the fun part about coaching especially at the young level so I compliment everybody here tonight on uh, strengthening your community giving kids uh, that are at the young age an opportunity to experience sports uh, in all different areas and the opportunity to to learn what uh, sports teaches us and those are life lessons and Uh, You're really uh, implementing things in them that they'll carry with them uh, the rest of their lives. If you happen to be coaching at the youth level, you can have a huge impact on those players that you're working with, and uh, you certainly want to be a role model to them because uh, the little things you do, uh, they're watching you and they're watching you very closely. So make sure you do the right things if you're getting an opportunity to work with the youth. But again, I just want to thank everybody for letting me be part of your night and certainly very honored to receive this award. And it's a very special night for myself and my family. So thank you very much.
1: right tash that was a great throwback Uh, in in a great old look at new brought back a lot of memories didn't it of of, uh miracle on ice but it can only mean one thing tash after the throwback it means it's forgotten and i'm never forgetting so tash what are you forgetting
0: uh this is an easy one this winter yeah (laughs) non-existent i want want to forget it (laughs) non-existent because uh for a person who has an ice rink in their backyard, this winter sucked. <laughs> in fact, we honestly we were on the ice for maybe one day this entire winter that it was actually usable. Great day with all wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was a great day. It was fun today to be outside, <laughs> but now yeah, I'm I'm already looking at taking stuff down because it's going to be 50 degrees next this week, and next week it looks like the same. And um, it yeah, it was not a good day. Not a good year for ice, um, whether you're an outdoor enthusiast, uh, but a great year if you are uh, if you don't like winter. So <laughs> I guess you have to look at the bright side, well, right? Well,
1: Tash, I've said this before, as a letter carrier, this winter is, I can't say enough nice things about it.
0: It's on fire, as they like to
1: say. It is. It's lit. It, it is. It, it is lit. It is lit indeed. Well, Tash, that, that's a good one mine's mine's a little bit more of maybe, maybe a, a question for you um well for, for our listeners even but is the art of conversation lost I, i've been thinking about this a lot because only because you and i have been having some incredible conversations like best of my life kind of conversations but it, it got me thinking like i don't know we we don't everybody's on their phone we, we you have conversations with people over text you know, it, it's not uh, just that, that mm-hmm. good old art of conversation. Is is it lost? Is it forgotten, Tash?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, totally. It's kind of sad, isn't totally it? Totally is. Yeah. Absolutely. As a teacher,
1: I can tell you that
0: they don't even know how to talk. To, kids don't even know how to talk to each other. Yeah. And that's a huge, huge issue for sure.
1: Now, I will say, I think it can come back. You know, it it'll, it It will takes some time, but I, I see it my own kids from time to time. You can have really good conversations with your kids, so it does give you mm-hmm. a little bit of hope, but... Oh yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's what the newscast is here for, right? The art of conversation.
0: Yeah, maybe. Absolutely. Yeah, but you're right. It is a lost art. I I don't know how or where. I think that you know, it's gonna. We don't even have to talk anymore. It's all gonna be AI. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's even
1: scarier. (laughs) Right, (laughs) right, right. Well, I hope we don't ever lose that. I mean, I. It is a part of us. We we do know how to converse, but uh, we we seem to have forgotten that. so let, let's bring back that. That'll be our motto. Tash. We're bringing back conversation, but there you go. Well, with every, absolutely. Yeah. With every bad, there's gotta be a little good. So Tash, what are you never forgetting?
0: Well, Joe, I'm going to, this one, I'm going to take this back and think about a teacher that I had who kind of was the reason that I went into teaching. And, um, he was a earth science teacher at Appleton West. And, uh, that person is Bruce Smith. Yeah. I remember him. And, uh, he he kind of, uh, you know, I, I just enjoyed his class and um, it was one of those just stuck in my head. Sure. And I liked having him as a teacher. And, you know, I actually did get to teach with him a little bit. Oh, nice. Uh, when I came into the district. But yeah, he's uh, you know, there's there's that person. We've talked to everybody who has a person yeah. um, that's influenced them, whether it was the guys from Digstown, um, whether it's, you know, whoever we've talked to, there's right. always been somebody. And um, Bruce Smith was an influence of mine. You know, one of those uh, teachers from high school that I definitely remembered, uh, you know, teachers like that teachers like Ed Smurzak. Yeah. Uh, psychology. Those are at Appleton West. Those are some, uh, some good teachers that I definitely, definitely still remember Mr. Pekarski, Mr. you <laughs> got to teach with him as well. Yeah. So
1: yeah, there's some great yeah, ones. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we all had favorite teachers, influential teachers. It's uh yeah, it's pretty huge. I, I certainly remember Mr. Smith, definitely, and uh, yeah, there are some great teachers at West Einstein. All our all the schools right. we went to. Yeah, absolutely. I like it. What are you never forgetting, Joe? Well, Tash, I'm I'm never forgetting podcast accountability because I'm held to it every single day by I think our most loyal listener. I, I've I've talked about him periodically, but I, I work with Steve at the at the post office. He's a longtime letter carrier, and Steve doesn't listen to podcasts. Well. Well, he listens to one podcast. He listens to the NoosaCast. It's the only podcast he listens to. He knows how it gets downloaded to his phone. He's listened to, what, all 33, 34 episodes. And I love the fact that Steve, he he gives me honest feedback. He critiques what we talk about. He holds me accountable for uh, some of the facts I spew on an old look at new or forgetting and forgotten. So I like that, Tash, the, the podcast accountability. And in particular, thank you, Steve. I'm I'm never forgetting
0: yeah we got to watch ourselves right uh,
1: yeah we do <laughs> we, we do <laughs> we gotta have our facts straight that's right that's right maybe steve's a mentor too who knows but there you go <laughs> well tosh and another uh, another fantastic episode and we gotta love lacrosse it's it's a it's our favorite sport <laughs> so thank you folks and we will uh yeah we'll catch you next week don't forget to check out our youtube page and Download, subscribe, like, all that stuff helps. Tell a friend, share, anything you can do to help us out. We appreciate it.
0: Thank you for listening to another great episode of the NoosaCast. We'd really appreciate it if you hit up our social pages, subscribe, like, follow, and don't be afraid to engage. Head over to our YouTube channel to get exclusive content, like the full interviews and speeches from the past Red Smith banquets.
1: Thanks for listening to the NoosaCast. We really appreciate your support. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do so and tell a friend. A huge thank you to Digstown for all the music in today's episode. Catch a gig or find them on Spotify. Help us grow by subscribing wherever you get your pods or sharing the news to cast. Follow us on Facebook, X, TikTok or Instagram. One of the best ways to help us grow is to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Northeastern Wisconsin Sports Advancement is a 501 organization. Our mission is to raise money, provide support, and bring greater awareness for youth sports organizations in Northeast Wisconsin. We do this primarily through the Red Smith Sports Award Banquet and the NoosaCast. Each year, we give back to the community through three initiatives, the Every Kid Plays Grant, the Gives Back Initiative, and scholarships to student athletes.